Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it, the earth and the heavens fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were open. This is what the Apostle John wrote in his vision of the Judgment Day of Christ. Dreadful, horrendous, alarming, and fearful are just some of the words to describe the visions of that day. Each one of us will stand before the creator of everything and to give an account of every decision we have made. And a day nobody will be able to escape. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to another exciting episode of the Paradigm Switch podcast with our hosts, Avon and Alex. We seek to encourage our heavenly family in Christ to renew their minds and to think right side up. The key to victory is knowledge, and it is our hope that through sharing our personal testimonies, struggles, and triumphs, it will help you continue your walk with Christ. The Bible says we are new creatures in Christ, but in order for us to emerge anew, we first have to think anew. Enjoy the episode. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of The Paradigm Switch. We are the number one Christian podcast on earth and heaven's favorite podcasters. I'm one of your hosts, Avon. I'm here with my co-host, Alex. Hello, everybody. And you know, Alex, I was just thinking when I said um, heaven's favorite podcasters, could you imagine in heaven, like the angels and everyone just listening, tuning in <laughs> to, our, to our podcast, the angels are just like, oh, they're on. Uh, <laughs> I just had that image in my head, but I hope everyone is doing well. Hope our audience is doing well. Alex, how's your week been so far? Uh, it's It's been going. Um, there's a lot of things happening and very busy at, at work and everything. Uh, how about you? Oh, I'm doing great because the new Spider-Man 2 game came out. And I have totally been distracted just playing that game. Um, so it is amazing. I mean, I forget. Are you a gamer? Are you into video games like that? I don't play too many video games as much anymore. Okay. It's, I really am anymore. It's, it's hard to play as an adult. I, sometimes I, I was always in amazement with my teammates when I was at the gym. They would say they would play like four to five hours a day. And I'm thinking, okay, we all work eight-hour jobs. We spend three hours here. Where are you finding the time to play like four to five hours and stuff? Because, you know, I feel as an adult, it's much harder, but I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, I work from home and stuff. And so there are some moments where maybe on the clock, I spend an extra 30 minutes on my break playing the game and stuff, you know, just because I have the opportunity to. But it's amazing. And I highly recommend you, Alex, get a PS5, get the video game and play it. And then my job also gave us a discount in order to get the Mortal Kombat game. Um, I don't know if you know that um, franchise, the Mortal Kombat. I've heard of it. I've never played it. Yeah, it's like a fighting game, so um, I can get a discount on that. So I'm going to be pretty distracted for a little bit, especially because, you know, it's going to be the holiday season. And, you know, every holiday season, I'm off for several weeks. Thanksgiving, I'm going to be off for a week and a half. And then for Christmas, I'll be off for two weeks and a half. So going on three weeks. So ridiculous. Ah, man, that's (laughs) nice. (laughs) It's not like that in my industry. We have to work on, uh, we have to have some people come in on Thanksgiving. We have to have some people come on, mm-hmm. come in on Christmas. And then I have to be there uh, the week between Christmas and New Year's. And so I am glad that you'll get vacation. That's really nice. <laughs> uh, you know, I had to cut a deal with my manager. I had to cut a deal. Because Christmas Eve this year is on a Sunday, and, you know, I work Sunday nights, and so uh, my coworker 
was already going to be off. And so we were like talking back and forth in order for me to get this deal. Cause our facility or our kind of industry is 24 seven as you know, it has, someone has to be there 24 yeah. seven. And My so goodness. because of the fact that I don't take off a lot of the days during the year and I worked a lot of holidays throughout the year, I think, you know, I told, I would tell you like I'm working this holiday despite it being a holiday because I would like having Christmas and all those other like major holidays off. He, we cut a deal. He was like, if you work Christmas Eve, I won't bother you for any of those dates you gave me if you just work Christmas Eve. And then if you work um, New Year's Day, because more people want to have New Year's Eve off instead of New Year's Day. So I took New Year's Eve off. So um, that was the deal we cut. So I said, hey, that works for me. So I get my two and a half, close, actually close to three weeks. Actually, I could probably make it three weeks because I still have sick time left over. So I can kind of cover that. So I could still, I, you know, I'm just grateful because ever since working full time, I have not had to work during the holidays. It has always worked out in my favor that way. So I'm I'm totally grateful about that. But, you know, not like I'm going to rub it in your face when I'm off. Yeah, <laughs> how kind of you. <laughs> but oh, let's jump into today's episode. And, you know, I think it's a little different. You know, it's still October. And I know last week we said we were going to talk about my Thailand trip, of which I have a lot of things to say. But, you know, last week we kind of diverged from our typical Halloween episodes and talking about things like that. Uh, to talk about the situation that's happening in Israel and the Middle East um, around that area uh, of which, you know, I hope it helped the audience member first get clarity because there's a lot of confusion out there. Um, and get There's still more confusion. You know, last, uh, last night they were talking about bombs falling on hospitals mm-hmm. and like the go-to was to accuse Israel from like all of the media that I had seen. And it wasn't just in the U.S. It was in Europe and Middle East everywhere. And then, um, you know, it appears now that uh, daylight broke out uh, that there, in fact, was not an, uh, an explosion at the hospital. Um, it, it was an explosion in the parking lot, and it was from a terrorist rocket that misfired. Mm. Um, and not an Israeli airstrike like everybody wanted to rush to that conclusion. And, you know, even I think that kind of plays into a little bit of why we're kind of going not on your Thailand trip, but back into kind of a spiritual warfare, you know, talking about Judgment Day, this kind of thing, uh, because I think that the anti-Semitism, and that's what it is, is being driven by the, the devil behind mm-hmm. the scenes, as we kind of talked about last week. And also, you know, because this happened, we saw riots throughout the Middle East. Mm-hmm. We saw um, people attempt to storm the Israeli embassy in Jordan. They attempted to storm the American embassy in Lebanon. There were reports of others trying to storm the American embassy in Iraq. Uh, Israel has uh, issued an evacuation notice to all of their citizens in Turkey, and the the people are in the streets. And you know what? The United States Capitol got stormed today. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Yes, it was invaded by a whole bunch of people, and, you know, it's just very different how that's being handled today. They don't even talk about that going on today, which is interesting to me, but... Yes, um, these pro pro Palestinian people. So <laughs> yeah, I, um, I I it's it's hard for me to stay on top of this stuff because you know it's so much confusion and so much just like 
you, I don't know. It's just hard for me to believe one thing and then you turn the channel, then they're saying a different thing. It's just so much, so much confusion and it's just hard to keep track of everything. But yeah, well, one thing that struck me though, because all of this unrest now exploding all over the place in a bunch of different countries, including Iran, including Turkey, you know, we talked about Ezekiel 38, you know, that's associated last week, that's associated with the end times. So Judgment Day is a very apt topic because it might be coming sooner than any of us thought. And, well, the reason, well, you know, I had written this script a while ago before all this stuff happened in Israel. So, and I want to say this as a disclaimer, because sometimes when you talk about Judgment Day and end times, you know, people's theological red flags start going in the air. We're not going to get into the extensive and maybe controversial doctrine of end times and stuff. It is a fact of the Bible that Judgment Day will come and there will be a, as it describes, a terrible day of the Lord. And so we're just simply talking about that and what that is and essentially how we feel about that and stuff. And, you know, what made me write this episode at the time was, as, you know, a growing mockery that happens against Christ and the word of God and the church and stuff like that. And, you know, I've mentioned it several times, you know, throughout actually the last couple of years, I have seen people doing parades where they mock Christ by by being like they literally pin themselves on a cross and they dress in a very provocative way. Um, it's like you you know who they are trying to mock. There is a certain group that likes to go around and do performance shows, dress as nuns in a very sexual, provocative way um, to mock the church and mock the modesty that God kind of says about you know maintaining your body and you know purity and modest you know modesty. And then you know secular artists. Um, there there was some award or whatever where they tried to attempt to do kind of the last supper supper and they had very evil images set up behind them, but they were just, you know, basically doing an inversion of the last supper. And like one of the biggest artists was in the middle being Jesus, you know, that famous picture of the last supper. And so they were just trying to mock that. So there was like this growing mockery of Christianity of the Christians of the church and stuff like that. And then it just, I mean, because, and then alongside with that, there's a grow, and we've talked about it, a growing rise of people who support satanic ways. Um, a lot of the artists nowadays have a lot of satanic images, a lot of satanic um, symbols. They even say they are pro-Satan and all this kind of stuff. And the rising numbers of those who actually admit openly to being Satanists is actually growing within, not just in the U.S., but just globally. And so that's what got me thinking about this whole thing about like judgment day, because anytime I make any kind of action, the first thing I always think about, and maybe it was just because I was how I was raised, that my parents drilled into me of always thinking like one day you're going to have to stand before God and every action you have done is you're going to have to give an account for it. And so that kind of put the fear of the Lord in me to be careful. And like I said, this is for the, you know, this might be a little bit different than our usual Halloween because usually Halloween is all about the spiritual realm of the kind of the dark side. But since, you know, Halloween kind of talks about fear, but this is a different kind of element of fear of having like a godly fear of the Lord because of the fact that one day we're going to have to give an account of our actions, our thoughts, and God's going to hold us accountable and we're going to have to face the consequences to those actions. So I don't know if you have seen um, over the last couple, I mean, over the last couple of years, the growing mockery that is happening against the church and against um, God in all his ways. Yeah, I mean, but it goes beyond mockery, right? It, it, it's it's hostility. Uh, you know, if they're not mocking, then they're actively 
being hostile against believers. They, they are, you know, taking them to court over their religious beliefs. They are uh, ridiculing uh, believers in the public square. They are writing scathing editorials about believers, screening about how Christians are intolerant and hateful bigots. Uh, they are trying to pass legislation that uh, curtails uh, believers' ability to discuss their beliefs. And in uh, other cases, unfortunately, they are actually engaging in the murder mm-hmm. of believers. And, I, you know, this is actually another reason why we're talking about this today. There's yet another current event going on. And I don't think a lot of people are talking about this in Western media for some reason, uh, maybe because the world is becoming increasingly anti-Christian. But did you know uh, right now, uh, and, and for the last uh, month, really, in uh, Azerbaijan, which is a predominantly Muslim country in the Caucasus region on the Caspian Sea, there's a, a part of Azerbaijan where there are a lot of Christians, most of whom are uh, from Armenian descent. And it appears uh, from international observers that the Muslims of Azerbaijan are engaged in ethnic cleansing Mm-hmm. of the Christian uh, Armenian of uh, Armenian descent within Azerbaijan. Uh, that would be genocide uh, because they are Christians. That's why they're being targeted and uh, killed. This is not the first time this has happened for Armenian uh, Christians or Christians of Armenian descent within the predominantly Muslim regions of the Caucasus. Uh, this has been going on. Uh, there was an incident in 2020 Uh, where this went on. And then historically, there was the Armenian genocide by the Ottoman Turks. Uh, Yet again, um, Muslim dominated uh, the Ottoman Empire and then uh, Christians in Armenia. So it is a really just tough time globally. And there's a a lot of of hostility uh, against believers and and everything. And, And, you know, one other thing, We just talked about it in Israel. That hospital that uh, was in the news uh, a couple days ago. So I guess it it was set up by Christians Mm -hmm. within Gaza too. And so, so, you know, you have Hamas, they're targeting potentially believers as well. So it's just very sad. And and it does seem like the world is becoming increasingly hostile uh, towards Christians. And, you know, I think one of the things we need to do is, is just, pray for our brothers and sisters who are uh, experiencing these very challenging times in various countries around the world. Exactly. And and thank God, thank God that in the U.S. so far, it's just ridicule and mockery and it's not getting executed. Yeah, it's more of like social, more social outcasts or just being socially, um, you know, exiled um, than actual physical harm coming our way in the U.S., But all this like growing tension and all this growing wickedness and all this growing like sin that's happening, it's all a result, in my opinion, and I'm pretty sure we can find scriptures to kind of back it up of a lack of a fear of the Lord, you know, because I equate it to like when you have a proper fear of the Lord and, you know, Alex, I want to ask you, what what is the fear of the Lord to you after I finish saying this? So you can kind of be thinking about it. Um, So like there, there being a lack of fear of the Lord or fearing God it allows you to kind of like act without boundaries. Cause I equate it to like being a child that doesn't fear their parents. So I was raised in a very highly disciplined um, household. You know, my, my parents were um, very adamant and very, um, you know, they would, you know, implement discipline and they would, um, um, what's the word I'm trying to look for. They would 
walk in their authority as the parents and stuff. And because I had a balanced fear of my parents that, yo, if I cross them, I'm going to face some kind of consequences that would prohibit me from taking certain actions. And sometimes I think some people want to just always say, oh, you know, God is like amazing. He's my best friend. He doesn't want you to be afraid of him. Just love him. Jesus is loving, which is all true. But he is also God Almighty that created all that exists with a word from his mouth. Like he is God Almighty. He's all powerful and he is the supreme judge. So there should be a respect level for his authority, for his position, and even just for what he is capable of. There is literally nothing too hard for for God to do. And that's actually a scary thought. Like God cannot be defeated. And so there is a healthy fear of like, yo, I'm messing with an all powerful being. And when he says to do X, Y, and Z, I need to comply to that or not do X, Y, and Z. I need to comply to that. So to Alex, what, what is the fear of the Lord in your eyes? What is, what is um, being, you know, respectful and having a fear of the Lord? Yeah. Before I answer this question, we should probably establish why, uh, what, what, fear of the Lord. Well, I guess it is. Uh, that is asking me, what is that? So I, I, I consider fear of the Lord to be uh, a respect for him, for his ways. I mean, he is the authority uh, on the, of our lives and of the universe, the ultimate authority. And so we should give him our reverence and respect. And uh, I think that that in, in this context is what fear of the Lord means. But I, I think we want to establish this through some scriptures, you mentioned that uh, there are some, and that's true even. So in Deuteronomy 6, verse 24, for example, uh, Moses writes that the Lord commanded us to observe his statutes and to fear the Lord our God for our good always and for our survival. And then in Proverbs, a uh, couple of uh, verses here in Proverbs 10, verse 27 uh, Solomon writes, the fear of the Lord prolongs life, but the years of the wicked will be shortened. In Proverbs 19, verse 23, he writes, the fear of the Lord leads to life so that one may sleep satisfied, untouched by evil. And in Proverbs 22, verse 4, he writes, the reward of humility and fear of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. So there seems to be a lot of connection about uh, fear of the Lord leading to what is uh, to life or a good life, I guess, is what one could say here. Uh, one that is satisfied, one that is um, pleasing to God. And why do you I think, think it leads to life? Why do you think it leads to life? Like, that's actually a good, yeah, that's interesting that it says that, that fearing God leads to life. It's because when what? someone says like fear, I think we equate fear to like maybe what we would have had to like scary leaders back in the past of like, you know, no. dictators and being afraid of them or like bad kings and being afraid of them. And, you know, that would lead to like misery and this, this and that. But the Bible says fearing God actually leads to life. So it's kind of a, a paradigm switch, ha ha ha, um, <laughs> <laughs> a paradigm switch um, in the thinking of fearing this authoritative person is going to lead to good things. Yeah, so I think what this all comes down to is the the precepts of the Lord and the commands that he gives in Scripture. They are designed so that we make the, the good choices that are going to be beneficial in life. And they, they I, I think when you follow them, you're going to find that you don't have nearly as many self-made problems mm -hmm. 
that you might otherwise. I say self-made because you can be doing everything right and following all of scripture and other people can cause you problems. Yeah, It happens. We see this consistently. Jesus had this happen to him. His disciples had this happen to him. His prophets had this happen to him in the Old Testament. So other people still can cause you problems, but you will avoid situations where you could cause yourself problems when you follow uh, in the Lord. And I guess the obvious example here is, you know, if somebody is walking in sexual purity, they're not going to risk uh, a, a unplanned pregnancy or getting an STD, something like that. Um, obviously, if you're not engaged in theft, you're not going to go to jail. Uh, the same thing is true if, as long as you're not killing people. And you know, if you're not, uh, if you're in a marriage, as long as you're honoring your spouse and not engaged in an adultery, you're not going to have your relationships implode with your spouse, your children, everybody else in the family. So, you know, this is why I say, uh, I think fear of the Lord leads to life because you're going to avoid all of these bad self-made situations if you have a healthy respect of the Lord and you follow him as you ask. Now, I think earlier you had asked, why does it seem that uh, there's less of this in the world. And I think it's because uh, the rise of moral relativism, which mm -hmm. says that there is no absolute uh, uh, morality. Morality is derived from what I feel is good or bad in a certain moment, and that everybody can define his or her own what is good, what is bad. So if you subscribe to this, obviously you reject that there is a God, you reject that there is absolute morality and absolute truth, and this leads to, uh, of course, a state of being. And if you don't even acknowledge God, why would you fear him? I mean, and then also the rise of, of atheism, I think people, they don't even believe that God exists. Mm -hmm. Or there are other people who might believe, yeah, I think there might be a supernatural entity, but you know, he kind of just created everybody and just let the world play out. I think that's called deism. So I think there's a lot of people who they would consider themselves to be spiritual. But that's what spiritual means yeah. to them. Uh, and so I, I think that's where all of the uh, lack of respect of what the Lord is saying would come from. But also, conversely, I think it's interesting, other faiths face this, what happens when I die? And to them, I, I do think there is actual fear mm -hmm. of the deities they believe in, because if their good doesn't measure up to their bad, they're either going to get reincarnated and, and and perhaps you know have a horrible life, or they're going to go to hell, uh, and you know that's like really scary to mm. think that and to just never know if I'm good enough to get out of this. Whereas in Christianity, it's the only world religion that God comes down to man and offers him a bridge to God, and you can have complete security. In Christianity. Guaranteed security. Yeah, John 3.16 is, is written, and then, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father but through me. That's what Jesus says. And so, you know, the security is we believe in him, and we're, we're going to be saved and go to heaven. And I think actually really um, the verse that is really going to give people that is when Paul writes... Uh, uh, confess with your mouth and uh, believe in your heart that you're saved. So in Romans 10, mm -hmm. I think is really the the where this bears out. So I think having a fear of the Lord is very different than 
having a fear of some other deity uh, because there's no security there and there is security if you are having a healthy fear of the Lord. I want to go back to what you were saying about, um, what did you say, objective moralism? Is that what you say? Morality? Uh, relative, relative moralism. And, yes. and so the thing, yes. so it, you know, we know that God is the standard. So morality and what is right or wrong, what is right is wrong, right and wrong. <laughs> what is right and wrong comes from God. And that is an objective fact. It is not subjective because all that relativeness and all that kind of stuff, it's all based on how I feel like you said, and where you basically become God and you for yourself and you set the standard yourself. But, you know, us in the faith who want to keep the God's word, actually let God be God and let him be the absolute objective person to dictate um, what is right and wrong. And I think another factor, this may not sound nice, but another factor of why there might be a decline of the fear of the Lord is might be partially because of the church itself. Um, there is kind of like this growing mentality in preaching of just overly talking about grace of like, you know, too much grace of, yes, God loves you and God forgives you. And there's not a balance to say, yes, God loves and forgives you. But at the same time, you need to stop cutting up. Like you need to stop doing things on purpose because God is very serious. Like God means what he says, like balance it out. You know, like just talk like Alex, have you heard in a message recently talking about the judgment day, day of the Lord or anything along those kind of lines? No. Yeah. And so I feel like nowadays no one wants to talk about that because it's an uncomfortable conversation like we've mentioned before in other episodes. And like, you know, we try to avoid the whole thing of fire, fire and brimstone messages and, you know, the scary side of God. But there needs to be a balance, too. You can't just jump to the other side of the extreme of just talking about and just living in the love of God. There is a justice side to God. There is a righteousness side to God and a holiness to God where he is the supreme judge. And we do have to give an account like when we die. We have to give an account for our lives. And that's a scary thing. Like, I don't know if you think about it. but Well, here's, here's the thing, though, where when it comes to talking about grace and this subject in particular, I think, is that we are, or at least I, this is how I envision this going. And I'm going, if when I die, I'm going to go to heaven and I'm going to be asked to give an account for myself. And I'm going to say, Lord, I was a wicked and evil person and I was not able to follow everything you asked of me all the time. I, I tried uh, my hardest and I came up short, but I'm hoping since I put my faith in you that that will be enough. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think it, it is important uh, to not emphasize too much that uh, this account, the, the, the account is you, you're going to fall short. Like you can't get into heaven. It's, it's like you have to rely on that grace, right? There's nothing, nothing you can say yeah. that is going to convince God that you were perfect. Yeah. There's nothing. Don't even try. You, I think, because we talk about how this could be a courtroom kind of a deal. You know, God is the judge. And, and I don't know what it's going to look like. Maybe it will look like this. Maybe he will be in a stand and he'll open the, the book <laughs> and he'll ask, you know, what have you done? And you know what? Probably also I think what will happen, uh, demons are going to be in there and they're going to be accusing each person and saying, oh, this person did this and broke your laws and did this, this, that, and the other thing. I saw this, blah, 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 blah. And at the end of the day, I, I just want to say this. We are saved because of God's grace, yes. not because of what we're doing. It does not matter how much we fear God. It does not matter how, how well we follow his laws. That's not enough. Uh, 
what I think is important though, and what I think you're trying to get at is you do need to have repentance for when you make mistakes. Yeah. So you, I, I, and you know, this, this is, I, unfortunately, I think this is a controversial topic within the church, you know, is, are you really going to be going to heaven? If you say I am a believer, but you never try to follow uh, God's moral law, which I think as believers, we are supposed to do because that's how we showcase fruit. That's how we showcase that we are actually standing with him and not just claiming we are. I mean, Jesus even says, you know, there are going to be people who say, Lord, we knew you. And he's going to be like, no, I never knew you away with you. So I do think that it is important that we have this healthy fear of the Lord, because that's going to help us uh, showcase fruit, which I think demonstrates we are sincere, but it is the grace at the end of the day, which is going to save us. And none of that fruit is going to save us in and of itself. So the way I see it is that, well, at least when I have conversations with some people or just how I see different things online and what people talk about, you know, in you know, in the new world of social media, everyone wants to be a social influencer. And even some people want to be Christian influencers and this, this and that. And so I feel as though the things I run across is that a lot of people want to replace true obedience with grace. Like they try to hide of, I don't need to fully obey because grace is present. And that was going to be my next question of, of saying, like, do you believe some people think that just because they're saved and accepted Christ as Lord and Savior, they have nothing to fear? And I would say you do have something to fear because now that, you, you know, just because you have now accepted Christ and through Christ is the only way we are able to be saved on the day of judgment. Because I visualize it like a courtroom, too, where I'm hoping the judge says, you know, well done. You can come in like, you know, that you don't have to face the consequences. And that's only done through Christ Jesus. But at the same time, don't just think because you've accepted him when you were 13 or however, whatever age you were, that that absolves you from still being obedient to the law. Like, you can't just say, like, oh, I'm saved, and so I can commit fornication, I can commit adultery, I can commit murder, and all this kind of stuff. No, God expects that now that you're saved, he has redeemed you and put you back in his kingdom to still comply to the laws of his kingdom. I just feel as though sometimes um, some churches might just be overemphasizing grace where people are now hiding, uh, hiding from obeying to just hiding behind the grace factor of, oh, you know, his grace covers. And I won't lie. There's some times where I'm like, you know, maybe I, you know, dabble in a little bit of the flesh because I know God is merciful and he's forgiving, but true growth is knowing to submit my flesh and to walk in the spirit. So I yeah. think... Uh, yeah, no, I, I hear you on that. I, I just want to make sure that we're framing this correctly, because you're saying, I think it's one thing. If somebody says, oh, I believe in Jesus, and they they know this to be true up in their head, but they may not know it in their heart, which was what I was like growing up. And I and I wonder if you're someone like this, uh, and you consistently do the wrong thing, and you're not particularly sorry for it. And it's just like, oh, God's going to forgive me. Do you really have a relationship with Him in the first place? Mm -hmm. I think is is a fair question to ask because I I think that that shows you don't really care about God because if you did, you wouldn't be doing these things intentionally like that. Um, 
Now, I get it. You know, we are still fallen creatures. We still have a sinful flesh nature. We can be saved and have the Holy Spirit with us, but we could still trip up. And sometimes, unfortunately, that just happens. Yeah. And that's, you know, grace Grace is going to cover that as long as we repent and we try to do better the next time. And I, I think there is a distinct difference between somebody who they are struggling with the sin, they're trying their best to move past this, but they still, you know, stumble, but then they get up and go versus somebody who is just like, I am doing this. I know it's wrong, but I don't care. I like doing this. I'm not going to change. <laughs> just wallowing that's, in it. That's a different, those are different things, I think. And in the former scenario, I do think God's grace is going to help you. In the latter scenario, I would question if you really truly do have that relationship with God. Because and, again, if you did, I don't think you would be doing that. And you know, at the end of the day, only God knows the difference. You know, you can fool us, you can fool people and, you know, put on the show and put on the mask of, you know, the church face and, you know, and appear, you know, appear to be one way. But only God is only God knows the truth behind your heart. You know, God judges the heart and everything like that. And so that's why on Judgment Day, for me, that's why it makes Judgment Day really scary because God is going to open up all those deep thoughts, all those deep secrets, all those things that you thought that you were hiding from any and everybody. I think there's a scripture that talks about every word and every thought that you've ever thought will be <laughs> will be brought out on the day of judgment, which makes it just all around scary. I mean, it's just it's it's just a whole scary factor. I mean, like, how do you feel, Alex? Do you ever just sit there and think about like, man, like I'm going to have to stand before God. You know, a lot of people want to be like, you know, oh, like, oh, I can't wait to meet God. Like, that's going to be amazing. Like, in one end, that's like, yeah, that's amazing. Like, you can finally meet the, like, the creator of all things. But at the same time, when I think about it on the other side, I'm like, oh, Lord, like, <laughs> I'm going to have to stand behind this all-powerful being who knows literally everything about me, even those dark thoughts that no one else knows about and all those dark secrets no one else knows about. I mean, how do you feel about knowing that day is going to come? And you have to give an account. You have to give but, an account. I mean, this is why in my relationship with God, I'm just honest with him. Yeah. I don't, I don't try to hide from him because I can't. I mean, I know I can't. And when I know that I have messed up, the I explicitly confess to him what I have done wrong. Mm -hmm. when, I, when I know that I've done wrong, I go to him and I'm like, God, I messed up today. Here is what I did. Uh, and I, I pray that you can forgive me for this and I will do my best to ensure I don't have this happen in the future. And, and thank you that you're give grace and mercy to those who follow you. And I don't even try to hide it yeah. because what, what is the point? You know, he, he knows. knows, he always knows. So I just think as, as you walk with God and, and you're struggling with sin, just be honest with him. Say, God, I am, I am struggling with sin. This is what I'm doing. I know that this is not right. And I want, I need your help to help me get through this. Um, I think that's what you got to do. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense to me to try and hide that from him. Do you find God scary? Uh, I think that I am, I am secure where I am yeah. in my faith in him. And, and I think that, you know, 
I think that I I have that fear of God. Like I want I want to do the right thing, uh-huh. and I I want to I want to respect him and follow him because I I do love him. You know, like he's my heavenly father. I want to do what he has asked me to. So I I don't I'm not quaking in my boots and afraid <laughs> of God. That's that's not it. Not not at all. I would not say that. Um, I don't know. You know, when I was getting are, are there are there moments where I'm like thinking when I, cause I, I know when I make a mistake, you know, are there moments where I'm like, Oh man, is God just going to let really bad things happen to me now? Cause I screwed up or a lightning's going to fall through the sky moments, but see those kinds of moments come from my own sin. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not like God is the bad guy here. It, it would be a self-made problem because I messed up. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like the police. The police isn't scary as long as you're not doing anything. Like, if you didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, I mean, I, that's what I think. If you haven't done anything wrong, I don't know why, yeah. you know, you, you need to be uh, worried about, at least, at least in in a lot of countries. I guess sometimes, though, in others, you know, they're part of the abusive, tyrannical system. Well, so. just, in, just in general. But, you know, when I was getting this episode together, I was thinking, like, like I was like fast forwarding in my mind, like everything like in the Bible where God showed himself like strong and mighty. And I was thinking about the 10 plagues, thinking about how God punished the children of Israelites when they weren't obedient to him and like all the powerful things God has done. And then like my mind always thinks about like, see, like the, the answer to the question of do I find God scary? Absolutely. I'm just going to say it. I find God scary. Am I scared of him in the sense of like, am I worried about me? No, I feel secure. But like, it's one of those things of like, <laughs> don't cross, like, don't, I'm not going to cross him. <laughs> because right. he is very scary. Because when I think about like just the fact that one day God's going to come back and he's going to judge everyone according to his standard and whatever he says is absolutely final. Like, you know, we have like, you know, courts and like, you know, courts of appeals to try to appeal it and this, this and that and to change things around. But when God says something, there's no one above him to try to get things to change around. When he says something, it's like final. Like there's no... There's no no escaping that, and that's that to me. That's a scary thought. That whatever he says is scary. I mean, that whatever he says is final. And so there's a respect factor of like I want to make sure I am on that right side because when I visualize the day of the Lord, I see it as like a full on courtroom. I love the show Judge Judy, so I see it all like that of me walking into a courtroom. There's like thousands, millions of angels, security <laughs> right there. I can just imagine like God's power and lightning flashing and all that kind of stuff. And it just being like, oh my goodness. Now there is a thing that, you know, there is a different kind. I believe the Bible talks about there is a different kind of judgment for those who are in Christ, meaning the believers and those who did not accept Christ. There's a different kind of uh, judgment. Like those who are in Christ will be judged um, it for rewards in his kingdom because they're in his kingdom. And then those who are not without Christ will be judged um, for eternal damnation and condemnation and stuff. We're not going to get into that, uh, but I believe you know what I'm talking about, Alex, that there's like two different types of judgments. But just the fact of knowing that one day we're going to have to give an account um, for, for our behavior and all that kind of stuff. Now, uh, we're getting low on time, but I want to ask, since we're talking about fear and the fear of the Lord and all those kind of things, do you believe that having fear is a real positive and good motivator that we need to bring that back more in the church? Because, you know, back in the day, in our parents' days, it was just very adamant and very big about the whole fire and brimstone message. I think that when we're in Christ, it is important to have a healthy respect of, of God. 
think that's really important. I don't know if fire and brimstone is the right approach for a lot of people these days because they're soft. They're very <laughs> soft. And, and so that kind of that kind of thing, I think, turns away a lot of people. And um, so, I mean, I don't know, but it is, it's important to, it's important to explain why Jesus is necessary. Well, here's part of that story is, is judgment day. It is true, you know, but I think again, when you go and, and talk about hell specifically, it's important to make the distinction that this was never meant for humans, it was meant for the devil, and mm-hmm. then humans fell, and unfortunately, they opened themselves up to this. Uh, and I think there's ways of going about that and using certain language techniques. But I, I just, I am uncertain how effective is a witnessing tool the fire and brimstone is approached to be to non-believers. To believers, though, I do think we need to emphasize it is important to have a healthy respect for the Lord and important to take accountability for our own actions. No, that's, that's very true. We need to bring accountability back and being big on being accountable for our actions and stuff. You know, there's a, there's a scripture in the Bible in the book of Romans that says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And I think one of the reasons why there's a lack of faith or a lack of belief that there's a hell and there's going to be consequences for your actions. This is that's because, you know, maybe the church is not talking about us too much and not hearing about it too much. So there's a lack of teaching and a lack of understanding in that area. But, you know, it's interesting that you say, you know, you and I are different in the sense that, you know, you like to come things at a little bit more of a gentle way. I'm a little bit more um, direct and harsh. Uh, maybe it's well, your... I, I was I was pretty direct last week. You were very direct last week. You were very fired up. I, I think it comes... Depends. It just depends on what the, what, um, the arena is. Sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, the gentle approach is needed and other times you need to cut through the BS and be very direct. Well, stuff like this is where I feel as though we need to cut through it. It's because you were saying like people are soft nowadays. Like I feel as though, look, this is, this is a serious situation. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to beat around the bush. Like, like one day we're all going to have to stand before God because, you know, God's going to judge us because God gave us a responsibility. He gave us a responsibility to complete some kind of mission. We all have our own mission to complete here on the earth. And God wants to hold us accountable to say, well, did you complete that mission? And so there's going to be a judgment day to, for that to be, you know, to be called on the carpet and stuff. And, you know, there should be a healthy fear of like, yo, you don't want to be caught like the parable with the talents and the servants and stuff. They got called out on the carpet and were held accountable for their actions, for their time to complete their mission and stuff. So I, I think there should be a healthy fear um, for, for people, for believers to know, like, cause like I said, all the time, like, you know, this comes back from when we would go to those, um, those Christian meetings in college and stuff. And I would listen to people talk about God and, you know, I would be in those circles and all they wanted to talk about, like, God is love. He's just loving. He just loves me. Like hug yourself because God loves you. Like, it was like, okay. Like that's okay. I learned that on day one. Like let's move into something deeper. Let's go more than just hearing about God's love and grace. Like, Let's go into something deeper. Like we need to get upon and do our mission and fulfill our mission and do what God has told us to do because God is going to hold us accountable and stuff. So it's a little, you know, I thought this, I thought this was important to bring up, especially because this world is making a mockery of God and acting as if they won't be called upon their actions. Because I know I always choose actions based on the fact of I don't want to have to have an awkward conversation when I imagine God's going to pull it up on the big screen and be like, "You did it. What is, what is this? Explain this." And I don't want to have an awkward situation, <laughs> have an awkward situation and stuff. 
uh, and all that kind of stuff. So I I'm, I pick my, you know, actions as best as I could, and I have a healthy fear of the Lord. And like it said, it brings life. It brings me peace where I have a peaceful relationship with God. You know, through Christ, I have a peaceful relationship with God. So I hope um, everyone enjoyed listening to this episode. I hope it didn't scare anybody. Well, maybe I did. Maybe I do hope it scared you a little bit. <laughs> scared you back into holiness. Scared you back into doing what is right. Maybe I am. Maybe maybe I'm glad. I hope it shakes you in your boots. I don't know. Alex, have you ever? I've, I've had dreams of like <laughs> Judgment Day. I feel like every Christian has had that kind of dream of like, you know, like Judgment oh. Day and they're in trouble or something. Just um. And, you know, it's gone bad for them. I've had those kind of dreams or like the rapture happened and you're left behind. Uh, Well, that would be scary for sure. It would be very scary. But I hope our audience enjoyed listening to us today on the Paradise Switch. I don't even want to say we're going to talk about next week because I feel like once we say it and then something comes up and then we switch it to something else. But one thing is guaranteed. We will be back next week with another exciting episode. So stay tuned. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Paradigm Switch podcast. We hope that you have learned something new for your everyday life. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd appreciate a rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure to tell your friends about the Paradigm Switch too. For more information on past or future episodes, please follow the Paradigm Switch podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Be sure to tune in for our episode next week as we continue renewing our minds to think right side up.